1: Everybody out there in internet land, it's the 100th episode of the Sneaky Good Podcast.
0: We didn't get canceled.
1: Woo! Well, we kind of got canceled a few times by ourselves, but we're back. We're so back. Going
0: strong. We're so back. That's right. And we we have like a full house tonight. Uh, Zach, how's it going? I can talk now. I got my wisdom teeth taken out. I can now chew solid foods and actually speak. It's a great time. Uh, my lip is numb. Half my face is numb, but I can actually talk. I'm glad to be back. I've missed you guys.
1: I missed you too. I, here's the dogs are happy to hear us. Uh, yeah, so, happy. Are they all running around in the background? Uh, it's all right. We, we we support dogs barking on this show.
0: That's that, You don't get to 100 episodes without being dog-friendly, and this is a dog-friendly podcast. That's exactly right. And we also got Max with us?
2: What's going on, guys?
1: Uh, you know, keeping, keeping on.
0: Speaking and as of, always, uh,
1: producing us in the back, we got PK, who is
0: on mute and pretending yeah, to ignore not us. Not here not here at all. See? Speaking of, uh, of dog-friendly, LSU was very much anti-dog this Saturday. hey oh <laughs> Segway, motherfucker!
1: Oh, it's been a long time since I said that. Ah, That goes back to the early days. That was in our non-clean period. Um, yeah. We beat Mississippi State. We, I mean, we were, we were kind of negative going into the game, saying this was a huge game, so let's give credit. They won, and I think it was more convincing than the final score.
2: I think it was slightly more convincing than the final score. It was, yeah, it, it definitely was. Uh, it was a little annoying, but like the main thing I was looking for was to see if they had learned and were willing to be pragmatic and practical with how they defended the air raid. And yeah, they did it. Like, it, it wasn't perfect um, in terms of, like, execution. But, you know, a few linebackers out of position on, you know, against a really weird, unique offense is not the biggest problem in the world.
1: I think one of the other big things is that LSU kind of leaned into the things they couldn't do well. There was, like, recognition. Hey, these are the problems with the team, so let's not do that. And, you know, they pretty much abandoned running the football. Uh, You know, like you're saying, the defense, they they actually learned something, only rushed three, and they never got tempted to start blitzing, even though they weren't generating much pressure. It was just good to see a team be smart. Because I think something that we were criticizing last week was that this was a team that just didn't look very organized. And I think a lot of things they did against State spoke to a team that had actually practiced and studied film.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's the baseline of what I needed to see from, from this game. And we got it.
0: I have an interesting takeaway or not interesting. I I only got this. So I work at a restaurant, so I was working during Saturday morning, but it was on one of the multiple TVs that we have. So I was able to catch, catch uh, passing glances of the game as it progressed. Um, so I don't have a full like scope of the uh, of the picture, if you will. But this was a team that I still don't know if is, is very good. That said, they went on the road, they beat a conference opponent, and they never trailed. Those are all really encouraging signs. And granted, State probably is going to finish maybe sixth at best, probably seventh in the West. But they took care of business, and 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 I remember Max and PK and I were saying. Prior to uh, conference play starting, you know there, there wasn't anything they were going to show against McNeese or Central Michigan that was going to really impress me. Be, or impress us being in a conference foe on the road and leading the entire time, regardless of who it is, unless I don't know Vanderbilt probably. That's an impressive feat. They took care of business, and I, I don't remember how it's it's been a while since they thoroughly just gotten the job done. Yeah, I don't think you need to dominate people on the road. I'm willing
1: to let that slide. I mean, even really good LSU teams didn't blow out state. I, some of them did. But when you're on the road in the SEC, it's like CONCACAF. Just just get the win, and it's, and it's all gravy. I think what we learned out of this team is that we don't know if they're a good team yet. I don't want to rule it out, but they're not a bad team. And that was kind of on the table.
2: It depends what it depends what you mean by bad. Like I think they're they're better than last year. I just I don't think they're good, and I don't think being not good is going to be good enough.
1: Oh, I don't think O is out of the woods yet. Uh, you know he's still got to put something together. And look, Auburn and Kentucky. This is where they have to make it. They have to make hay right now uh, because right now Arkansas looks really good. Um obviously Bama's Bama. Florida really took it to Tennessee this week. As the schedule, Ole Miss is just, you know, just putting up points like they're going out of style. You look at the schedule in the back half, that's it's a backloaded schedule. There's a lot of good teams that LSU is gonna have to finish the season up against. They start on the weakest part of the schedule. So LSU needs to get a strong SEC start. And it's good that they took care of State. But now you got Auburn and Kentucky's coming up after that. This is a team realistically needs to start three and zero if they're going to have a good
2: season. Yeah, because I think you at this point you can't chalk all of the the back half games against teams like Alabama, Texas A and M, Florida, Ole Miss, and Arkansas up to losses, but you can probably. Mark down all but like one of them as pr- a probable loss at this point. Like those teams are actually good. And LSU ceiling is just not theres Um is A&M good? Uh, no, I don't know. But like it, when they get Haynes King back, they're going to be a lot better. Cause Zach Calzada is the problem at this point.
1: I'm just saying like a and is actually looking like the easiest game there. And Florida, I'm still not entirely sold on strangely enough. I'm sold on Arkansas. Um, oh
0: yeah, me too. Uh, I, I think
1: it's yeah. something my when my wife asked me uh, in the first week of the season, "Hey, is Arkansas that good or is Texas that bad?" I think we answered the question. Arkansas is that good oh, yeah. because Texas they destroyed Texas Tech and looked good doing so.
2: Yeah, they made a quarterback a change though. That that's the big thing for them. They made a quarterback change, and Casey Thompson is way, way, way better. That would have been a much closer game if he starts the Arkansas game. So I'm well, not sure. Like. I don't know if they're number eight.
1: Well, everybody's losing this year. It's this has been a really fun year so far, not just from an LSU standpoint, but just nationally. And I know at the end of the day, it still ends, you know, with Alabama, Georgia and Ohio state and Oregon in the playoffs. And it's going to be kind of boring, but until we get there, you have hope that this could be kind of a crazy season. It's, It's on the table. And, it doesn't seem like everything's chalk. Like, Maryland's playing really well right now, and who has thought that? I mean, Maryland-Iowa is a marquee matchup in late September. Baylor is undefeated in the Big 12. Wake Forest right now is the best team in the ACC. Yeah, clearly. It's it's crazy right now, and that's it's fun. I think college football has missed this kind of thing where on a Saturday in any given game, it can go either way except for Alabama. Alabama's going to win.
0: It's, it's good to have new colors.
1: It is. I, I've really enjoyed this year. And it, it, it came, part of it might not be that there's just more competitive games. It could just be that that's how influenced we are by ESPN without thinking about it. Because I know in the offseason, ESPN said, we're going to make a concerted effort not to focus so much on the playoffs. We're going to talk, you know, about the entire entirety of college football. And either they chose the right year to make that focus or this year is just more wide open. It, it might be a little column A, column B.
2: Yeah. I mean, like I'm not, I, I've kind of joined them. I'm not really thinking about the playoff much at all. Like I was like really excited for, you know, Virginia Wake Forest because you've got Brendan Armstrong playing out of his mind to start the year going up against, you know, two really, really good receivers on Wake Forest and Dave Clawson's offense and what looks to be actually a pretty decent Wake Forest defense and like I was more excited for that game than I was for like any of the Saturday games and like they all have playoff implications like all right not really Texas A&M Arkansas uh what was the night game Oh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, West Virginia. like
1: That was a great game. Yeah. Oklahoma, West Virginia was. Yeah, and I think that there was one point, I forgot what it was, but I was flipping between like four games and they were all coming down to the wire at the same time. Oh, yeah, was that Baylor. was when
2: Auburn was about to lose to uh, Georgia, State Georgia State and didn't.
1: And until they were saved by TJ Finley, because it takes an LSU Tiger to make Auburn win a game, because he is the only Tiger that we recognize on Auburn.
2: Yeah, I really like the uh, I like the story. Like, I like I really, really, really hope as an LSU fan, I hope they put Bo Nix in the game because that would be great because he's terrible, he's just awful. But like, as a college football fan, I would love to see TJ Finley come home, play against Max Johnson, the guy who told you know stole his job, uh, and you know go go see if they can go see if they can win in Baton Rouge, like. There's I I'm interested in the TJ Finley re- revenge game as a fan of the sport and as a fan of stories.
1: Yeah. Brody Miller had a great piece on it in the athletic this week. And it doesn't seem like there's a lot of bad blood there. Now they could just be saying that because they're talking to a reporter. But I do think there's genuinely good feelings on both like they like TJ Finley. Or you know, Orgeron and Finley. They had a relationship. It wasn't just like, "Hey, get the heck out of here." I-, I think LSU wanted him to stay.
0: He, he was the first one to commit kind of t- to uh, the, the the twenty class, wasn't he? Or twenty nineteen class? He was the first one in. He committed as a uh, sophomore. Yeah, he was. I yeah.
1: yeah, he was really early. And look, I really like TJ Finley. I I think it doesn't matter now because we're Max Johnson's here and Finley isn't. So Max Johnson's the quarterback. But my feelings has always been that. Max Johnson is the better quarterback now, but he's kind of hit his ceiling. And T.J. Finley was a guy who had a higher upside, but was going to make more mistakes as a freshman. Um, so I think we're, we're going to regret losing T.J. Finley. But at the same time, it's not like we got a terrible quarterback now. It, I don't want to say you can't go wrong with either one, but I do think they're of similar quality. But the gap between the two is not so great That you can say, oh, this is the right choice or this is the wrong choice. It's just kind of the way things turned out. Uh, A lot of it was beyond anybody's control. And that Florida game kind of cements Max Johnson as the starter because LSU really needed that last year. And those are the kind of games that make you the starter. Not just amongst the fan base, but also in that room.
0: Bo Nix, if you're listening, I drank some Milo's sweet tea while I was on mute. So that's for you, buddy.
2: Uh, Imagine giving Bo Nix an NIL deal.
0: Uh, You know. (laughs) Uh, Talk about burning money.
2: Yeah, right? I mean, mean,
1: uh, it's Auburn. Just set it on fire. I mean, we have in the past. And – I know the LSU-Auburn rivalry has lost some of the juice it used to have, Um, but I went to school when LSU and Auburn was at its peak of its rivalry, and I hate Auburn so much. Uh, You know, it's like Clue. You know, just flames, flames just shoot out of my eyes. I, I hate them. And I want nothing but bad things to happen to them. I remember when their campus burned down. Yes, I know. It's just one building. Um, I don't care. I hate them. I want bad, bad things. I am geeked for a big LSU-Auburn game. And I know that's not – if we're ranking our rivals, Auburn's probably not near the top spot anymore. Really? I think they're clearly behind Bama and Florida. Okay. Yeah. And maybe even AM now. I would say Auburn's probably our fourth rival now. But still – me personally auburn you're never going to shake that hatred uh, i i want i want to beat them so bad
0: poster how much do you so bad. how much do you enjoy the uh, the what is it now 22 year streak of winless auburn trips to baton rouge how much do you enjoy that
1: god i like that they're ranked 22 right now in a year that they haven't beat us in 22 years so i like that the ap pollsters you know wanted to rub it in their face of how many years it's been since they've beaten us. Oh,
0: God. What, what all? So what all? It, it's gang. What all were you all doing in 1999? I was six. The last time Auburn won in Tiger Stadium, I was in first grade.
2: I was uh, I was born in April of 1999, so I was an infant. <laughs> there we
1: go. All right, I was I graduated from college already, so I was working on I was working on Capitol Hill at that point. So I. Actually, I think I – I don't remember what happened that game. No, I do remember. Uh, My coworker, we bet on the game, and I came back to my office – well, my cube. And he had decorated it all Auburn colors. And I remember that kind of stuff. So thank you, Auburn, for 1999. I remember and I hate you for that. You're the worst. I hope you rot. I'm still bitter. 22 years isn't enough. We need another 22 years to make up for that.
2: Yeah, but are you really gonna be uh, satisfied with another twenty-two years? Or are you just gonna need it to keep going?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I need at least another. I need it to go longer than the LSU losing streak against Alabama in Tiger Stadium, and that was thirty years. So I, I need it to at least go thirty. So we need four more of these.
2: Yeah, I mean, I uh, I don't feel great about this one. So we might uh, we might might not get there. <laughs>
1: You know, I think these are two teams that are of really similar quality.
2: You know, yeah, maybe, but, like, I don't think LSU would have been able to go on the road and almost beat Penn State the way Auburn did. Especially, like, the the fact that they did that with an anchor playing quarterback is actually kind of impressive.
1: Yeah, but, and they did blow, they blew out two bad teams, and we just kind of beat them. But man, that Georgia State game—I yeah, know Georgia Georgia State's not terrible, but they were about to lose to Georgia State and needed a miracle.
0: I, yeah, I, mean, I can't like, make heads yeah. or tails of this Auburn team. I, mean, they're, I, know, I know they went on the road and lost to Penn State. It was a hard-fought loss, and like you got, we just said they almost lost at home to Georgia State. It feels like they're trending in the wrong direction, and yet they're still ranked. But on the other side, LSU is the betting favorites. But I, I, I can't, I can't tell who's better right now. I, I'm really interested to see how this plays out because I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm with
1: you. Like that's, I'm. Saying. I think they're of very similar quality right now, and the question is, is whether putting in TJ Finley is the thing that is the spark that Auburn needed, and now they're going to turn it all around.
2: Yeah, I don't think TJ Finley's good enough to be that kind of a spark, but like. The way I kind of see it is if TJ Finley is even a, an incremental upgrade over Bo Nix, which I think he is because Bo Nix is the worst, that, that, that causes problems because I do think the teams are of similar quality. I just think it's a really, really, really terrible matchup because the one thing about Auburn I can make heads or tails of is the fact that their front seven is really, 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 really good. It's one of the best in the SEC. They get after the passer. They play up on your guys. They dare you to throw deep, and they come after you. Even though they don't blitz, like they don't blitz a ton. So, like, God, if it, it's so Auburn, right? It, it, it that's
0: is.
1: who they were in 2019. They, they are.
2: They just... are. Well, they're not. They're. They're not quite as good as they were then, uh, because without Bo Nix, that is the fourth playoff team. If they have, you know, not you know, an, a non. Anchor at quarterback. That's a pl- the fourth playoff team. But, like, it is it is re- it's a really good team up front. They brush the passer with four, and they dare you to throw vertically on them. And, like, while LSU is, is doing a better job of protecting with more guys and they're throwing vertically a lot more, like Max Johnson's average depth of target uh, against Mississippi State was, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, 11.4, which is a dramatic improvement. Uh, but like, I mean, I just, I'm very afraid of even, even protecting with seven, just having Max Johnson hold the ball that long, but that's what they're going to make you do in coverage by playing up on you. So like, it just feels like a potentially bad matchup. If they block decently and TJ Finley isn't a big upgrade over Bo Nicks, then, you know, LSU could very easily get out of this with... You know, a nice win because Auburn is the kind of team that would almost lose to Georgia State, but they're also the kind of team that would almost beat Penn State. In a, I mean, in a word, they're they're just so Auburn this year.
0: What do you make of it's peak Auburn? What do you guys make of the Auburn offense? Because regardless of it's Finley or Bo Nix, that um, running game. I, I remember in the in the summer when you ranked the uh, position units, Auburn's wide receivers. I believe you had either last or thirteenth or 12th toward the bottom.
2: That's they also right. just
0: fired their. Uh, they just yeah. their receivers They're not doing it too. So what do you make of? the Yeah, passing their receiving game group
1: now? is bad. Their passing game is bad. <laughs> I, I don't think. I, I think Max is right. TJ Finley does not suddenly make them a good passing team. Um, and also, TJ Finley still has holes in his game because we're very much aware of them. He, he's just not a finished product, and I think he's now in his third offensive system in three years. What yeah. they can do though is run the football. Tank Bigsby is, if not the best back in the conference, is in the conversation for sure. And Jarkes is Hunter.
2: Yeah, they're number you know two mean? guys good too. Yep,
1: Damn, he's averaging 10.6 yards a carry, and he's only 20 yards behind Tank. Yeah. So that is yeah. a one-two punch. Uh, that is the envy of the league. Uh, I mean, I think the only teams that can really compete with that f- from a running standpoint were like A&M and Georgia going into the year. And I think Auburn's... I think. I think they've put some distance. Now, once again, Auburn's numbers are a little skewed because they have those two 60-point games against really, really bad teams. So you kind of have to say, "How? what do they do against team in their last two rather than their first two? But I think we've seen enough of Tank Bigsby to know that he's a really good player. And LSU has not done well against the run this year. So if we're concerned about something – that's what else you need to be concerned about is stopping the Auburn run game.
2: Yeah. That's my concern on that side of the ball. Uh, As for their passing game, like it's as bad as it is, you know, personnel wise, as bad as their receivers are, as bad as Bo Nix is like, it's just as bad schematically. Like they're pretty much just calling four verts, you know, like every other drop back. And it's so dry and, and rep and repetitive. It's, it's just, it's not good. Like, uh, my fear though is that like they're going to get into to 12 personnel and just run zone on LSU's over and under four down fronts. Like this is this is very much a game. When I was watching Auburn's tape, that I was kind of thinking the whole time about how I wish we still had Dave Aranda for this week more than any other, because they're gonna run zone over and over. They're gonna call four verts. So like you really want to have that defense that can switch between you know cover one and quarters like Dave Aranda does like he'll get into you know type four and wizard four his uh main quarters packages and take away you know their four vert stuff when they really start to want to take shots and like get into you know their uh their tight front well they're in they're in tight front whether they're in quarters or cover one but like you know, you do that to take away their um, their inside zone run game, and like, I think if he were still here, this would be this would be a wrap. But like, if if they can if they can actually move LSU's guys up front, like this could actually be a real real problem because they can run the hell out of the football, and you know, I don't well, think yeah. They're, if you look at it, I don't think they're going to. If need, you look at last yeah. week,
1: that, that first week, y- UCLA was able to zone run LSU to death.
2: Yeah, they did a lot of of cool stuff.
1: So this is basically the, hey, we've learned since week one. So UCLA was able to run LSU pretty much out of the building with with that run game. Now they've played three opponents that you should beat, and they did. Now, I don't want to say it's final exam time, but it's – at least midterm. Yeah, this is a
2: midterm. You, this is you, a total midterm game.
1: You have got to show that you have improved, and I, I really think this is the key to the game. The key to the game is stopping Auburn's run game. If LSU, you well, you're not going to stop them, but let's put that to bed. Auburn's really good at running the foot. You just need to contain it to a reasonable degree. So if LSU can hold Auburn's run game, you know, to somewhere between four and five yards a carry. I think yeah, I that was you can win
2: this fight. That, yeah. that, Yeah, I agree. Like that between four and five would be perfect. Like that is it's that's generally somewhat of an efficient run game, sort of by NFL standards, but like it's not efficient enough to overcome how bad their passing game is, and that's gonna put you behind in the sticks. Because like a four and a half yard per carry offense is not like every single snap, it's four and a half yards. It's you know, sometimes it's twelve, and then a couple times they get, you know, one or two, and then they're in third and eight. And, and T right. J. Finley is, you know, having to process a third and eight situation. In and heck, even if you are
1: averaging four yards a carry, that puts you in third and two every time. That means you have you can't make a mistake. Right, you, know, you have to have a success on every play. Right, and no offense works that
2: way. Right, and that well, and that's exactly what you know. All, that's exactly what modern defensive philosophy kind of is with inviting the run. Obviously, I don't think LSU is going to do that. I don't think they should do it because it's not a, an offense where you really have to allocate an absurd amount of resources to the pass. But like, if they can keep them that level of you know, middling efficiency, I think they're in good shape, at least on defense. On offense, I'm very scared of them trying to block people.
1: So does anyone think – but Tiger Stadium itself is going to be a factor because good seats are still available, folks.
2: Yeah, that was depressing to hear. I want I I I wanted to hear that that place was already sold out.
0: This makes me sad seeing this. I, I saw the tweet that podcast tweeted about the, the seating, the seats up for grabs still. We we need to kind of have a talk about. I don't know if it's LSU's fault or whose fault it is, but. The Tiger Stadium mystique, something about it is, not the mystique, that's the wrong way of putting it, but there's so many, like, barriers of, well, it's got to be a good opponent, and it's got to be at night, and the weather's got to be good, and then we'll all show up. And It it just feels like something's changed in the last decade or so, where, like, the, the Florida 19 game was, like, Tiger Stadium at its best, and... And it met all the the requirements. I got the prerequisites, but it just it feels like it should always be that, and yet it's it's not. There, there's there's no way we should see tickets for sale still, good seats available still on the Wednesday of Auburn week. So, something something's wrong here, I, and I can't I can't put my finger on yeah. what it is. No, I, I agree with
1: that. I don't want to do a you know hey, back in our day everything because. Look, I I went when LSU was terrible. So back in my day, that was a quiet stadium that never came close to selling out, and it did not have nearly the number of seats it has now. So Tiger Stadium at its peak is still right now. If you can get a great game, there is no better time to see an LSU game than in the present. Maybe there's some exception. If you can get a time machine and go back to 1979 into the USC game, okay, I'll grant you that. But I'm talking week in, week out. Tiger Stadium, it's bigger, it's louder. There is something about that stadium, particularly when the team is good. Now, I think there's two things that are... Well, there's three factors that are driving attendance down right now. I think, one, the obvious... the You know, elephant in the room is COVID. Um, you just don't know what everybody's comfort level is to packing that stadium, you know, asshole to asshole. I, I, I just... I don't think... It's still in the back of not everyone's mind, but a lot of people's minds. So it's it's hard to get anything at full capacity right now. Um, secondly, of course, the other factor is the team's not quite as good. Um, this is not the 2019 team, but it doesn't even need to be that. Like the 2014 team or, you know, the 2018, which wasn't that great. There was this run of just for 20 years of LSU – competing for sec titles at least up until november so there was always important games being played and i think right now the expectation for this team is not to win an sec title i don't think outside of that locker room no one is harboring a belief that this lsu team can win the sec Uh, i don't think i'm coming out of left field on that one um so that's another thing that just drives attendance it's not a must-have but i do think the third one is just cost the modern game, and this is just everything. We have priced out fans, and it starts in college. Uh, when I was in school, student tickets were three bucks a game. Again, we were terrible, so they were trying to unload seats, but it was cheap. And you built fans for life because we went to every game and we were there, and you got to experience that whole thing. And I think now, because of the demand for tickets over the past 20 years, because the team has been so good student ticket, the student section has gotten smaller and smaller and the tickets have gotten more and more expensive. So you haven't gotten your claws into them. You haven't bred fanatics the way they used to. And we're seeing the results of that policy because now when they're 30, 40 years old, they're not as inclined to buy season tickets and go to every game because they don't remember going to every game when they were in college. And that. That's what, You reap what you sow. It, it was very short-term thinking. And this is not just at LSU. This is everywhere.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's not just LSU. Like, I we kind of see it – we kind of see other stadiums at their best because we're not paying attention to the other programs all the time. Like, all right, we hear about Penn State's environment when they have their whiteout game a couple weeks ago, and we're like, oh, look at Penn State. Those guys are so, you know, so excited. I feel like it's kind of just – Modern college football, especially in the age of wildly available streaming and t v which has also not been the case in the past uh that's also good. certainly I not to totally the same degree like I can watch this game on a boat you know on a on like a laptop with a personal hotspot or whatever, and like you know that's not a wildly different situation from watching it on t v um where, like, it wasn't as easy to access. And, like, I just kind of think that's how it is now. Like, yeah, you need a great opponent. You need, uh, you know, decent weather. That's just – I feel like that's just college football.
1: Heck, I don't think it's just college football. I think it's everything. I think it's just entertainment in general now. That's true. And and it's sort of how college football, which used to kind of be this religion, it was like, what did you do on Saturday? Well, everyone's going to the LSU game. That's what you did. Now it's one of your many entertainment options and maybe in a way that's a more healthy way to live your life. So I'm not trying to, this is again, anytime you try and compare the past and now it always sounds like you're saying, well, it used to be this way. And that was the way it should be. I'm not saying that I'm just saying things change and it's neither good nor bad. And in this case, I just think people have more options. TV, you're right. It's a whole lot better. It's a lot easier to watch a game at home. And you know, you. You got a 60, 70-inch TV with stereo surround sound. It's almost as good as being there. But not quite. What do you my. think, Zach?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's all fair and, and true. Like they, My experience was different as going back to the student experience because I, I was in bands, so I was always at every game, and I was in band from uh, 11 through 15, so right in that peak where uh, even like the, 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 14 team, the 15 team, well, the 15 was different, but where you're competing, you know, 11, they literally did compete. They competed for a national championship all the way up through November. Uh, and even after November and you lose the Alabama game or uh, I think in 14, they lost to, uh, or 15, the loss of Arkansas, something like that. You know, it's so late in the season where it's like, all right, well, you know, we got one game left this year. Let's let's close out the, the stadium, right? Um, it's all valid points. I mean, I live in Nashville, and I try to go to games when they come to areas that I haven't been yet. Like, I'm going to Kentucky next Saturday. I went to the Vanderbilt game in uh, in 19 because uh, I can knock off another stadium on my list. But, you know, like, I'm not going to go to Tuscaloosa, even though it's it's – a day's drive away because it's it's too much hassle and they're probably going to lose that game and like we just said i can get a better experience at home um where i don't have to deal with the traffic and I don't have to deal with the crowds and i can turn it off if i want to or watch something else or watch on my phone or watch on my tablet there's there's other things um, it makes me sad but but i understand it um but that that's kind of how like when you said that's how you, they sink their claws in I, I'm hooked personally because I was there for uh, 35 30-ish games over a five year span consecutively getting to be on the field I'm very thankful for that um, but it, it just, it's it's sad but I understand it That's I guess it's the, the biggest point I have and
1: I'll also say I don't think it's because fans are worse I think fans have always been this way like people didn't show up in 1964 to see LSU play directional state. Now they didn't have as many games against directional state, but still people have always shown up more for big games. That's just how fandom works. And, you know, you need, you need big games to get all the fans in there and the stadium at, you know, peak tiger stadium levels. And I think what's sad about this one is that, this Auburn game should be one of those games. I mean, even with the the team still three and one, it's not like we're throwing garbage out there. This is a team that's still competitive. They, like I was just saying earlier in the show, they can start the season three and oh, and they're on pace to be a pretty good team. This is the key game. So I would like to think that what's holding back ticket sales is not on field product or, Stuff to do with like TV and entertainment. Does I I do think at the end of the day, this game it's COVID.
2: Maybe the one the one thing that kind of gives me pause about that is that Penn State was absolutely lit for the Auburn game. Granted, it was like the whiteout game, which is a big thing for them. But like, man, that place was that place was popping.
0: Well, also, I mean, yeah, but is, Penn State has, State has anyone Auburn, else done that? I mean, how many times has Penn State played Auburn too? That's true. Right.
1: Like, has any other place done that?
2: I mean, uh, Virginia Tech on opening night against North Carolina was awesome.
1: That was. Yeah, and my brothers are Hokies, so I I, I was down for that. And when they did enter Sandman, oh.
2: Were you at that Uh game?
1: I wasn't. Oh. I had friends who were, and yeah, they, they were going nuts. I was getting like those. And there's nothing better than a fan text when someone sends you a text from the game, like the video of them jumping around their blurry images. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to pose online, but it's so, just to feel that energy. And that is the best thing about live sports. And this goes beyond, you know, LSU Tiger Stadium, right? This is whatever team you're a fan of, and I realize everyone listening is an LSU fan, but yeah, if you're a Virginia Tech fan, you know, when when Lane Stadium's going, it's awesome you know, if you're a Penn State fan, if you're in Happy Valley, it's awesome. There is nothing that truly can recreate a big time college football game live and in person. It is a singular experience.
2: Yeah, I've only been to, I've been to, I've only been to honestly three LSU games because like, it's so hard for me to get down there because it's such a hike from Connecticut. But like, I've only been to one home game, and it was A&M 17. uh, The the game Matt Canada called his best game before getting fired. (laughs) But, um, like, yeah, I mean, I just, I kind of don't get how, like, if you can, like, make those games pretty easily. Like, people don't just go even for the energy. Like, there's just, it's almost less, it's not less about the game. It's always about the game, but, like, it's about way more than just the game. Which will never be able to be replicated by streaming and and whatnot and all these uh all these you know gadgets the uh the youth have nowadays. It's like you use you use. Well, I, look, I
1: will say when, when we go to games and we haven't been now we didn't go in twenty twenty. We're not going to go this year, so I, I haven't been to a game in two years. When we go, sometimes we go for the tailgating. And then go to a friend's house and watch the game from there. So, because it's friends I haven't seen, so there is something to be said. Part of the allure of coming back to campus isn't quite going to Tiger Stadium. It's the tailgating, and for that, we we salute you, Zach.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm I'm flattered to be uh, saluted. I don't know what I'm saluted for, but I mean, thank you. I mean, you know, just
1: tailgating out there, just, you know, or PK doing, you know, having, Oh, you know, I'm not that Zach out there forever. Yeah. You're not that Zach. You're not Zach Rao, but like, you know, like uh, just people out there every week on campus, they make, that's part of the, the thing. You don't actually have to step foot in Tiger stadium to have the game day experience.
2: Yeah. That's kind of what I'm most excited about actually about, because I'm going to try to get down for the A&M game this year like because that's you know the last A&M home game I wait was it they yeah no I went to the last A&M home game that was like a real well well no I didn't because that was the Joe Burrow game which is you know like the worst game ever to uh to miss out on but like yeah like I'm trying to get down to the AM game this year and I'm honestly most excited about going there at like like nine o'clock and tailgating for the entire day and you know, just kind of getting nuts.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's it's the whole experience. So I don't want to hear fans aren't as good and stuff like that. The Tiger Stadium has lost a little something, but I don't think it's a Tiger Stadium issue. I think it's a college, a bigger college football, and actually all sports. Yeah, it's
2: it's live yeah. entertainment. Even like even concerts aren't what they used to be.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm waiting to see. I have my first tickets to go back next month, so. Well, actually, I'm, I was just saying this before. We're going to go see Fortune fiendster the comedian, next weekend. So my day after Auburn. So I will report. but It's the first time I'm going to like, I guess it's a concert because it's still comedy. But it's the first time I'm going to go to like a big event. Um,
0: I don't I'm kind of excited
1: that. about just being in a group of people. Uh, she used to be on uh, Chelsea lately. She's, she's funny. My wife loves her. So we're going. And now without any segue whatsoever, <laughs> what are your thoughts on what well, we've talked about just our general thoughts on the Auburn game? What what do you think is gonna happen? Like if you know, gun to your head, what's your predictions on these games?
2: I think it's low scoring. Um because Auburn can't play off I'm not I'm not not because LSU's defense is is great. I don't think it is. But Auburn I don't really think Auburn can really play offense and it's You know, scores get suppressed in these kind of road games, uh, for the offense. And, but I think Max Johnson is going to get, you know, planted in the turf like TJ Finley did a year ago, um, which is probably going to be pretty interesting for TJ Finley to watch. But like, I I just think it's going to be difficult for LSU to really do too much offensively unless their offensive line shows me something that I haven't seen in quite some time, uh, like i i don't know if i wanna predict auburn to win because that's cuz they did almost just lose to georgia state and that seems like a good age pretty poorly but like i'm i it's not a matchup that i feel really really great about i think johnson's going to get hit a lot i think the offense is going to struggle i think auburn's offense is going to struggle enough for it to be close and i think it's going to be decided by something weird because you know of course it is
0: Zach? Yeah, I, it feels like such a cop out to say LSU is going to win because LSU always wins in Tiger Stadium because eventually streaks do end. Um, you know, for the longest time, LSU never beat Alabama until it finally happened. Um, all that said, I still think LSU pulls out uh, a classic, crazy LSU Auburn, not a barn burner in the sense that this is a wild game but a barn burner is like what what am I watching it's it's so it's so perfect that this game is at eight o'clock uh it'll be perfectly drunk um I think I think Cade York plays a big factor in this game I wouldn't be surprised if Cade York kicks maybe not like a like a walk-off Game winning field goal, but some kind of like stupid long 53 yard field goal to give LSU some kind of 26 24 type of win. Um, I, I, I'm just expecting nothing from the running game, that's just how it's going to be all season long, I guess. Um, John, it's yeah, gonna
1: be appeal, worse. Than
0: John Emory's appeal got denied, so it'll, and they're gonna reappeal, I believe. So, still another week without John Emery again. I don't think that matters with this offensive line. Um, no. I think Johnson can com- continues his bizarre streak of three touchdowns. Uh, what a weird, but happy thing going on. For yeah, that we'll about that. yeah. That's,
2: that's, that's what, uh, um, that's what never running the ball in the red zone looks like.
1: Well, it also, is K I mean, yeah. Jesus, I mean, that guy's a touchdown waiting to happen. Um, it helps if you have a guy who can score two touchdowns a game as one your number one receiver. And also, let's give credit: the receiving game they have pretty much flipped over that receiving core, and that's something that I feel a lot better about. That you know, Deion Smith, Jack Besh, but also you know Brian Thomas showed up. Yeah, uh, yeah I like him. It's just look, Trey Palmer finally you know showed up, had a big catch, up, but also for Trey Palmer had a big punt return. I do agree with Zach about. Special teams. I think that's going to be a huge factor in this game. And you, you have to think that LSU has the edge there. They can get a, a really good – hopefully, if it comes down to field goals, I feel good about LSU's chances.
0: And, and it's such but a blessing. Sorry, Pastor. it's just such a blessing with York especially. You only have to get to about the 40, and you're basically in range.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that plays. Also, I think the return game. Plays I think I have a lot of confidence in Trey Palmer back there. Um, this is a team that – look, it's the LSU Auburn game. Something weird is going to happen. It almost always does. Um, now, it could, could just be the weird thing is that last year's starting quarterback is their starting quarterback, and that could be the extent of it. But I would expect something bizarre and controversial to happen that makes one side really, really angry, and that will be the difference in the game.
2: No, uh, for sure. It'll
1: be, a bad, it'll be a bad call. It'll, you know, be a, a a busted play. Um, but if since I already talked about special teams, if it's a big special teams play, I think LSU wins it. And I think that's gonna be the margin for the game.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, the one thing that I all I often forget when I kind of think about the X's and O's in the matchups is like how these games end up often decided. Like, you know, somebody fields a punt. Inside their own ten yard line when they're not supposed to muffs it and it bounces into the end zone, somebody picks it up for a touchdown. Like
1: Yeah, it's college football. A lot of it does I mean, these are kids. Yeah. It comes down to emotions. And I know there's always the joke that you know this game's gonna be decided by a guy who's gonna be an accountant in ten years. And while that's not entirely true, a lot of these guys, almost everyone who's starting is at least gonna play professionally somehow. They're still in their formative stage and so they're not their fully developed selves and they're gonna make mistakes and they're gonna do crazy things and that's kind of again the glory of college football it's like and also but it also means that great things can happen like you know that second string tight end suddenly you know cole taylor suddenly has the greatest game of his life in we beat florida even though it involved his shoe yeah but still that's kind of stuff matters it's not just it's not just people making bad plays or bonehead plays. It's guys you never thought of, you know, suddenly. And also, games have a rhythm to them, and playing this at home is going to should matter a lot. Uh, and so, even though we're not at full capacity yet, I, I do think Tiger Stadium can lift this team because this is still an emotionally fragile team. I think they're going to need that kind of support.
2: Yeah, and it's going to be and uh, the uh, the interesting. Uh, factor here is that TJ Finley has never started a game or played significant snaps in a game with a real like crowd. So his first, because like he, you know, all of his hostile environment games, quote unquote, were against, you know, half capacity stadiums a year ago. And like, you know, this year, like he, he's going into a Baton Rouge that is, yeah, it's, it, it's going to be. A, Maybe it's, you know, lagging right now, but it's going to at least be pretty crazy, Uh, certainly more than he's used to. So, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, totally surprised if he's a little shell-shocked by that and makes a couple of mistakes he shouldn't that cost them.
1: Yeah, and also that's kind of the thing with a young quarterback on the road for the first time. And yet, again, he has played road games, but not really, not in front of a hostile crowd. You make one mistake and then it starts to snowball. Then you make another mistake, and you start playing this catch up, and that could certainly happen to TJ Finley in this game. Um, And I don't want to root against him because I do like TJ Finley, and he has a good story. And it doesn't seem like there's any ill will. But man, you're tiger bait, man.
2: Yeah, I'm rooting for now.
1: Yeah, this week I I want nothing but failure. Long term, I hope he does okay. Is there any way for him to throw for three thousand yards and not win a single game? Because that would be my Auburn dream. Uh,
2: I mean, if he goes to a, if he goes to an air raid team, there's a pretty good chance that happens.
1: But, um, but also, speaking of support, we'll, we'll close it on this. Uh, this is the hundredth episode of Sneaky Good, and I have been the host of it almost the entire run, and I have worked with just a variety of people, which basically proves that I am a difficult son of a bitch to hang out with so I thank you two well three producers sitting there quietly in the back for putting up with me or at least trying to grinning and bearing it but also anyone who has ever done anything for this podcast any person who has been a guest on it has been a co-host um, Paul and I put a lot of work getting this thing up and running and did a lot of work on that uh, but also ever, you know Chris who was our producer for a really long time I appreciate also anyone who's ever downloaded it, tweeted us a question. Um, just everybody. I- I'm really thankful that you've allowed us to do it. And every time I've said, okay, it's done, and I'm going to walk away, I keep getting like Twitter messages from people that say, hey, when are you bringing it back? And that kind of stuff makes me feel good inside because it knows, it lets me know that people out there are listening and kind of not that they care what we say at the end of the day, but that there's this community which comes off of And the Valley Shook, which I still think is one of the best websites on the internet. I realize it's only for LSU sports, but I think we have such a great community there of Tiger fans. And we're allowed to disagree. We're like a family. We get together and, you know, we'll throw food at one another. But at the end of the day, there's genuine love there. And I am thankful for every person who has ever called me an idiot and read any of my columns. So... Thank you, everybody.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 so cool because I, I, I've been a reader of the site since I was like, you know, 13. And like, you know, I've listened to all the podcasts. I've commented on all the articles. I've done all that stuff. It's kind of cool to be, you know, on the other side of it for the 100th episode. That's definitely a, a really cool thing that has not gone unnoticed.
1: Well, Zach has to get out of here. So I want to let him get a word in before he runs out the door.
0: Yeah, just uh, just really proud of this site and this uh, publication that we have this this uh, podcast. you know it's it's uh, we don't do it for you know to, to find ourselves atop the iTunes charts or the top downloaded podcasts on Spotify. We do this because we, we genuinely enjoy each other's company. We talk to each other. Almost every single day, either in a site's editorial group chat or this podcast-specific group chat. Um, since kind of taking over the site, I have really wanted this to be um, be a big part of it, and and we lost it for a little bit. And it's it's nobody's fault. Chris had to step away for a little bit, and so we had to kind of reevaluate. Okay, how do we do this again? Um, we're using whole new publishing platforms, but I'm I'm just really glad we got this back. This is I look forward to doing this every week. Um, Yeah, it's, it's the best job in the world. You know, we just get to talk about LSU and it's, it's my alma mater. It's poser's alma mater. Uh, it's, it's a lot of LSU fans school they went to, or they have people that that they know that went to it. They have family in Baton Rouge or family in Louisiana or have any kind of connection to the university. Yeah. I, I know personally with me being in Nashville, this keeps me close to home. Uh, max in connecticut keeps him close to louisiana uh poser i believe you're still in dallas keeps him close to uh and i keep saying home because that's where i'm from you know i i as weird as it sounds to say that i i don't want to say i bleed purple and gold but this this university means a lot to me the state obviously means a lot to me um and of course this website and this podcast it all means a lot to me and here's to another 100 more yeah so really thanks everyone and also
1: to single out one person, uh, thank you, PK. Um, he, yeah. he was the boss man for a really long time. And he has to put up with a lot, not just from running the site, and our corporate masters at SB Nation, but also from people like me and Billy, um, Paul when he was writing for it, but Max and Zach taking over. Um, we have – even though we do this for fun, we have egos, and we can be difficult human beings to deal with. So he has – put up with a lot over the years and it's like herding cats and i really appreciate all the work he's put into the site and i know this is a hobby we don't do this professionally so the fact that he put up with me for so long and he's still willing to do a podcast with me uh, that's just crazy to me because i have driven more people away from this site and this podcast than i thought humanly possible so thank you everybody go tigers and let's get together and hate Auburn.
2: The worst, Auburn's the worst.